Hi, and welcome to Straight Shot Radio. My name is Johnny Slick, and I'm the founder and head coach at Straight Shot Training, a personal training company dedicated to helping people of all fitness levels move better, feel better, and live better with progressive, functional strength and conditioning workouts. Today's episode is going to be a little bit different. You see, there are a ton of articles out there about how actors get in shape for these roles where they have these iconic physiques. Case in point, Henry Cavill in The Witcher series on Netflix. But me being a coach who's obsessed with programming and a bit of a nerd who was an audio-video major prior to switching to exercise physiology in college, I got this idea for this episode. How would a coach design a program for Geralt of Rivia, the lead character in The Witcher? Not, how did Henry Cavill get huge and ripped for a role? Literally, how would a program be designed for a 13th century, magically enhanced monster killer with a bad attitude on a quest to fulfill his prophesied destiny? Obviously, this task is much too lofty for just one coach, so I enlisted the help of strongman and CrossFit coach John Taylor, whose love of the Witcher, homemade fitness equipment, and inventive imagination made for a pretty hilarious conversation. We tie in a lot of training and coaching techniques throughout this episode that may benefit you in your own program, whether you're looking to just add some variety into your routine or if maybe you need to battle a giant spider hybrid beast in the middle of a swamp at night armed only with your steel sword. So, cue the music, let's transport ourselves into the world of Geralt of Rivia and his humble strength coaches. So, John, we're going to be discussing how we would train Geralt of Rivia today if we were his personal trainers. And I know it's a bit of a uh, an out there concept because why would he need us as his personal trainers? But I just thought, well, you know, there's always some things you can clean up when it comes to your programming and your recovery and your diet. So how might we as coaches be able to help the greatest witcher of all time? Yeah, it is a pretty heavy load to try and carry. <laughs> yes. So just before we jump into it, though, we want to make a distinction that we're not talking about training Henry Cavill, the actor, because for him to get in shape for this role, which he got in incredible shape for this role, he was doing a lot of bodybuilding style training. He wasn't doing a whole lot of functional fitness stuff. And as far as I understand, he had, there was an issue with uh, costume designers that he would continuously break costumes because of his mass like they weren't accommodating for him flexing and moving on screen and he would just destroy the seams that's so funny and the other thing too is those the, like everyone was obsessed with those iconic scenes of him in the bathtub because he got so shredded for the role but he admits that he had to dehydrate himself he did some unhealthy things to look the way that he did in that role so, so he talked the, about that a lot and uh, about what he had to do for Superman. Like, yeah, he said he was not, uh, he was not coy about explaining just how dangerous and unsustainable that was because yeah. it was only done for a shot. Yes. Yeah. So you're, you're doing all of this in a month's <clears throat> preparation. This, the style of training that you're doing to look like that is not actually the style of training that you would do to be Geralt of Rivia and battle mythological creatures and, 
do these sword battles. The actual train that you need to do that stuff is what we're going to talk about today and how we would help somebody who was in that very heavy role uh, be able to carry out their everyday tasks with a functional fitness program. So what I thought we'd do is first, if he came to us and decided that he wanted to hire us as his coaches, we're going to come up with a program to help him get in shape to better take care of himself and help him battle these creatures better. Uh, obviously, we're going to be taking some liberties throughout here when it comes to the historical accuracy of training techniques, because uh, I think you mentioned in our chat beforehand that bench pressing wasn't a thing at the time. <laughs> bench pressing is relatively Bench pressing lower. and squat racks were like, I think like the <laughs> 1930s or 50s. Yeah. Like, usually you would do, what is that? I think it's the Steinborn squat where you tilt the bar up and that was... That was up to maybe the 30s or 40s. So we'll take some liberties when it comes to uh, to programming for him. But um, first, let's get, for anyone who didn't watch the show and is maybe just listening because they're a fan of the show, let's get into who Geralt is. He was a, a magically enhanced monster killer, is, is the easiest way to put it. He was big in the video games, uh, for the, all the Witcher video games. Um, he's appeared in a couple of other movies, of course, other actors playing him in the early 2000s. Uh, there were comic books too, right? And there's an entire novel series that started, it was, I think it went the novels and then the video games and then other media. So that's a little backstory of, of, of kind of the, the mythology behind Geralt of Rivia. So he was this legendary witcher who was around in the, 13th, the 13th century. 13th, yeah, yeah, you're about to say 13th century and what was it, Poland? Are yes, Poland. Yep, it was Poland. So they they weave into the show a lot of this Eastern European, Russian, Polish uh, mythological creatures and stories, and it's, it's a really cool blending. But the character Geralt has these powers, and he apparently had su such a tolerance for these mutagens that were in his body that people started experimenting on him and that's what turned his hair white. And it may have given them all this greater speed and strength and stamina because he's like a, a superhuman and can fight these crazy creatures uh, in exchange for money from the townspeople or ale. Cause he drinks a lot of ale, which we'll get into in the nutrition uh, section here. But uh, the whole time he's fighting these creatures in the show, he's also on his own quest to fulfill his destiny. So how are we going to help him out as coaches uh, John, let's let's establish his training history first. So to get him to where he is at being a witcher, at fighting creatures for money, uh, what what do you think he would have have done already before he came to us when it came to his training? Well, if I recall, I think that the training started with like they were trained already from children, chosen to be witchers. So he has he's going to be putting on like two decades of training experience already. Um, a lot of I know it was a lot of mental. Uh, mental fortitude training and a lot of endurance work of climbing, hiking, because I know he survived the three trials of the witchers. So magical, mental, and just simple survival climbing a mountain. Two decades of combat. <laughs> we have nothing at all to say about making him a better fighter, simply the strength and stamina. So my big concern to start out with is what's like the frequency of his actual fights? Because I think that would dictate frequency of training. Yeah, yeah. That's true. And and how do you, I mean, does he know when his fights are going to be? Is it like a sport where we can plan for his battles to be on the weekends so that we can run uh, a cycle where we can have higher volume beginning of the week and taper towards the end of the week so we have a good rest day before that battle? So I would think to train him all along, not like a professional fighter where they have a scheduled fight, 
but more along the stop, but more training for a warrior where as a, as a fighter, we would have phases of training. There would be cycles to run through. There would be planned rest days, training injured or painfully sore would always be avoided. But for Geralt, training injured to a certain extent is required, absolutely necessary, like training to dangerous levels and beyond exhaustion. Yeah. And, uh, and I would, I would kind of lump him in with what we call tactical athletes. So we're talking, you know, law enforcement, um, anyone, in, a member of the armed forces, the style of training that we would use for those people where we don't know what they're going to encounter. And it's not like that you can plan when they're going to have to sprint after someone or climb something or fight someone. So I think taking that, uh, that type of approach. Um, and then as for his current physical needs, with his training. So going forward, what kinds of things do we need to focus on in his training within however we periodize it? I would assume long duration endurance. So hikes, weighted hikes, carrying out objects for extremely long distances. He's going to be carrying his swords. He's going to be carrying a backpack, not always necessarily on a horse. Uh, Then there's also the um, agility, stability, for the stealth work he's going to have to do sneaking into a location or sneaking away. And then those extremely high intensity bouts of combat that realistically, as long as he's fighting a single monster are going to last no more than three to five minutes. Yeah. And now you, you did some fighting a while ago, right? How long ago was that that you actually trained? About a decade ago. I did Krav Maga for about two years. It is really hand-to-hand combat. So that was not sport fighting. That was offensive fighting, like training to hurt people if you ever actually need to hurt people. And what you had remarked to me in our pre-chat before this was that that is the most tiring thing that you've ever done. I have, yes, I have competed in, I think, 14 strongman competitions. I've been doing CrossFit and strongman and powerlifting training for near a decade and no single training session has ever compared to just a one hour class of Krav Maga. Like when we're actually, when we're not working skills, when we're putting on mouth guards and gloves and just tearing into each other. (laughs) And so I think it's interesting that you, that you talk about his need, his physical needs for endurance, these long duration things. Cause when people think fighting, they think like you just said, this fight's going to only going to last three to five minutes. So why would you need to be doing these long duration things? But, but the biggest thing here is you need to be able to recover on the fly and be okay with operating under a high heart rate for sustained periods of time. Even if that sustained period of time is only three to five minutes. If you've ever done, done any type of fighting training, three to five minutes, feels like an eternity. It is an absolute lifetime. And <laughs> yeah, it's an absolute lifetime. And no. so Gerald would have to, I would assume, be able to hike 10 miles, like be able to hike 20 miles, carrying all of his gear, sneak into a castle or a fort over the course of 10, 20 minutes immediately after, and then go straight into three to five minutes of zero restraint, continuous fighting. So the entire time he's performing at the top of his ability, completely exhausted. Yes. 
Okay. That's yeah, that's, that's great going forward with the, uh, with the program. So before we jump back into his program, we're going to quickly go through the creature battles in the show. And I laid all of them out here. And one of the first monster that he meets in the series is the Kikimura, which is that giant spider. And it had that, that was uh, an amazing dramatic. That was an amazingly dramatic scene launching itself out of them, out of the uh, swamp. Yes. So Obviously, he needs to be able to swim a little bit. He was holding his breath under the water. He was fighting the thing both above the water and under it. The, in the complete darkness, he was fighting this thing. Uh, and then he had another uh, creature that he battled, which was the, the Striga or Striga, which was that uh, human woman that transformed into a monster by that curse. And he had to fight her in that uh, sarcophagus. So again, fighting in complete darkness. Now, I've never had to, I've never really been in a fight. I've never had to fight anybody in complete darkness. But I imagine, like you said before, he has to have this, this blend of agility and stability because you're fighting on uneven surfaces. You're fighting the dark. You don't know where your footing is. I'd imagine that a lot of the stuff that we would need to do with him would be uh, types of exercises that would help him be in odd positions doing multi-planar movements, being on one foot at a time during certain things, side-to-side movement, twisting, all of those things that are not always existent in traditional exercise programs that we would need to incorporate to make sure that he was able to have enough balance and agility to be fighting it uh, in the dark. Absolutely. And I also think just given his, um, given his easily two, dec- two plus decades of training already, that we wouldn't have to bother with any initial stabilization or agility training and given his actual career and his purpose that it would have to be always outside, always on inherently unstable ground. So wherever he happens to be when it is the time to train. So if it's snowing, if it's raining, if it's pitch black because of the time that he has to train, then that's just simply when he has to train because if he's continuously training with those increased levels of stressors and unknown areas, just simply unknown like workout spaces, it'll translate to a higher degree of comfort when he actually has to fight. Absolutely. Let's see. Then he also fought the, uh, that was Torque the Sylvan was the creature that looked like a, uh, everyone thought he was a devil. Uh, he was that creature that had a kind of like a, a goat's face, goat horns, a tail, uh, cloven hooves. Um, and Geralt had to do that, that hand-to-hand wrestling uh, match just some of those other creatures he was fighting with a sword so he also needs to be able to do this close combat like you were talking about with Krav Maga uh, oh, and the, wrestling. the Sylvan it was also he Gerald quickly realized that he he didn't need to kill it he wanted to restrain it he was he was not trying he had to use left lethal techniques so he also had to be able to keep himself mentally calm to hold himself back to not go full force Oh, true. Yeah, I guess I didn't think about that. Yeah, because he did. He didn't kill him. He just uh, he just told him to leave. Um, yeah, so that's that's true. And this is the same with tactical athletes. Is you need to be able to uh, calm yourself down and, and think clearly, uh, to, so you're able to apply the right amount of force to the right the right uh, situations. Uh, so then there was right the there, a, like as as a trainer as a coach, I think right there would be an instance where including we can't get him to. We can't train it. We can't help him with the fighting. But I think that would be a place to throw in accuracy testing and work during the middle of a high-intensity training session, like requiring to throw axes, throw knives, or like quickly in the middle of an exercise, like call out targets or colors that he has to hit, punch, or kick. Not concerned about the actual punching techniques, 
but getting them to process information quickly under a high stress environment. Okay, so maybe doing something like uh, like throwing catch drills with you know tennis balls, superset with strength exercises, superset with a you know metabolic piece in the workout. Absolutely. Okay. Yes. Yeah, cool. And then the, in the season finale of The Witcher on Netflix, he was attacked by that pack of ghouls. These are the ones that lurked in the cemeteries and the battlefields. They would feast on corpses. They had these sharp claws. They traveled in packs. They'd attacked by surprise. Uh, but one at a time, they were pretty harmless. So how do we coach someone to be able to take on multiple attackers? Because he does it again in the street mob uh, brawl that takes place in the first episode. So Training multiple attackers, what, what do we need for those situations? I can't think of anything outside of actual fight training, which was something that we would do frequently in classes. Um, that is avoiding being focused on just the one person in front of you and also maintaining your lateral agility so that you okay. are able to stack your opponents up relatively in a line. Like, You'd always want to have just one angle of attack. If they're surrounding you, you have to break through as quickly as possible so that, and then funnel them into a narrow corridor or a narrow area where you can't be overwhelmed. Okay. I think outside of actual fighting, that would be a lot of agility drills, not using, utilizing anything as modern as cones, but <laughs> trees, rocks, boulders, and again, on unsafe, unstable surfaces in very unstable and for you and I as humans, inherently dangerous environments. Yes. All right. So on to our you next now. All right, Daryl. We're going to work on agility training. <laughs> so now uh, when actually prescribing a program for him, we've talked before about trying to balance our training with these quests that he's going on. So we need, if he's going to be out training away from us, it's not like that we can have a, a home gym setup that we made out of sticks and logs and stuff at his house. He's going to have to be doing his training on the fly. So I think you talked before about, you know, the, the hiking, the endurance stuff. That's great. Cause a lot of that he can do just on his own when he's on his quest. It's we can also in, on a quest. Yes, well, as part of the quest. He's not going to have to do anything yeah, the, different. The endurance, work. the endurance is simply he's doing the thing. Yeah. Uh, and then as for training, obviously, you know, the, the sword fighting. Um, and you told me, I didn't realize this. So the training swords that they used like a long time ago, they were heavier than their actual swords? Long time ago, dude, even modern like sword combat, you train with a heavier sword. Got it. So he's not going to carry an extra sword. I think that could be as simple as finding a very heavy piece of wood laying around in his campsite and just lashing it to the blade of his sword to add a pound, to add like a pound or two. Oh, okay. Or yeah. Kind of like sword training. Yeah. So kind of like the way that you, with baseball players, they put the weights on the bat when they're swinging it to warm up. Yep. He could just do that by adding exactly. something to his sword. That's awesome. I like that. Yeah. Cause that's the other thing we're talking about here uh, is equipment access. What is he able to use? So obviously uh, we've talked before about, you know, being able to, to train with odd objects, dude, stones. And obviously you, you know, this, you can do a lot with stones. Stones and logs, it would all depend on what he's currently doing, like what his quest is, if he's actually recovering, or if he's out in the middle of a quest, or if he just has nothing going on and he's actually able to stay in an inn. But he can utilize heavy logs, cut timbers, uh, stones. I know one of his favorite things, um, alcohol barrels. <laughs> yes. And okay. with enough balance, which Gerald will certainly have, he can swat a stone or a log. 
True. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and then of course, body weight stuff. I mean, just, just being able to have the better you are with body weight movements, the better body awareness you have. And I think that's something that would be pivotal for him. Um, plus, you know, the agility work that like you talked about before using these trees for, uh, for cones for agility work would be helpful. And that's all stuff that he can find when he's out on his quests. So back to his battles, there were a, a couple of battles that I noted here against other humans. There was the one that was the street brawl in the first episode where he had to fight all of those people. And you were right. He actually, if you watch that fight, he does try to stack his people um, so that they're not going to be surrounding him. Um, cause that would, and, and he was in that alley where he could kind of do that stacking those people. Um, or sometimes he would stack yeah, them the on either side of him. The alley that it was ambushed in actually ended up being a great, it, it's a huge advantage for him, not the thugs that are trying to kill him. Uh, and actually there was, there was a one part where he knocked that, uh, that crossbow boat bolt out of midair. So you talked before about you know, having him do some, uh, accuracy stuff. I don't think there's anything more accurate than you punching a crossbow bolt out of the air. So that's definitely, if we could do something within his training that would involve accuracy, hand-eye coordination, he's going to need to be able to do that in the middle of a battle like that. Yes. I think that's another one where setting up um, heavy rocks on the end of ropes and cords hanging from trees or hanging from rafters. And while on his feet, initially punching them or throwing them to get them moving, but then continuously weaving in and out of the stones or working again because he's a witcher to punch solid rocks like heavy heavy rocks at the end of ropes to keep them moving that's that's a i'm i'm picturing that i'm picturing like a lot of liberties given his ability to recover yes <laughs> that and that's the other thing we'll talk about recovery in a little bit but obviously he has this superhuman ability to recover and he has all these potions but yeah i'm, I'm picturing like six stones hanging from ropes that he gets swinging all at once and he has to weave in and out of them that I don't know if we would need to add any interval training into his training because he seems to be getting a lot of it when he's fighting people <laughs> that I don't know how much extra interval work you would really need to do with him. I, uh, so I think would you want to do some frequency, frequency of okay. fights. Okay. And I think having a lot of these more high skill or max effort lifting components of training being placed immediately after some high intensity cardio, like, a hill sprint immediately into an agility drill or okay. a, oh, cause he has to swim like a swimming sprint, like as fast as you possibly can across a river. And then, Oh, there's that huge heavy stone girl. You have to pick that up and do 10 squats on each side of your body. Dude, Taking love it to it. an intensity level you and I cannot do because we're again, not with Yes. <laughs> but, but that is, yeah, I do think it, it would need to be planned out if he was in a portion of his, you know, quest where he wasn't having to fight a lot of people that maintaining some level of higher intensity work. Cause this is what we see every summer when people get back into doing outside workouts and sprinting is that they're just gassed when they first start because they spent all winter not doing any type of conditioning at all. And you do get deconditioned over that time. So making sure that we're able to keep up his, his higher intensity conditioning when he's not actually engaging in these battles. So Let's go away from training now, though, and look at two imp other important pieces. Well, first one, recovery, you said before, is going to be different because since he's a witcher, he has magical recovery abilities, and he has these potions which can help him recover. Uh, what are we looking at when it comes to his recovery from training? So I think, so let's assume he had just finished an epic fight, and he, is, he still does have access to potions to help him recover a little bit faster. I think 
he would have to just take the day off, like the next day, just not do a single thing. Assuming that the way you and I could do a competition, like do a CrossFit, a straw man, an Olympic lifting, a power lifting competition. And no matter how good we feel, we're not going to do a single thing the next day. Yes. But I know for myself, I am very guilty of this. And I would assume Daryl would also be the exact same way. Two days after, I have to move. But not at any kind of high intensity. So one day with no actual training, a second day, simply to move just to avoid being stiff. And that could be as simple as for Carol, like jogging a few miles, spending maybe a half an hour with his regular sword, not with a heavy weighted sword, which would be equivalent of me, like 10 minutes on an assault bike at higher than a conversational pace. And then like maybe a 20 minute low key circuit of pull-ups, push-ups and air squats. Um, yeah. But I also think he has a huge need, and I've already brought this up, a uh, huge need to be able to fight and then also train at the worst possible physical condition. Yeah. But I think we'd want to not have that happen often because then we just never recover. Yes. But I think yes, well, it's- you already stated it that as a competitive athlete versus a tactical athlete, you're the frequency of training and your the amount of recovery you've actually experienced between training sessions is going to be fluctuating, like suboptimal and optimal. But the one thing that you can definitely focus on is sleep. Just sleep. Finishes up that fight, that epic quest. Just just get in bed and sleep. Yep, I I think that's that's what I was going to say. Yeah, go uh, go take a uh, and giant bath at the uh the pub and then go sleep i think that's that's the yep. because he he isn't going to know what the next day is going to entail and he if he's on his quest even after he's done fighting he might have to be walking the entire you know next week going to wherever he's going after that so sleep is is paramount it always is for all athletes but especially for him to make sure that he uh, is able to recover and have enough energy for the next bout of whatever it is. Along with recovery, we need to look, we need to look at nutrition. And uh, the first thing is I would advise him that he needs to back off the ale just a little bit because that's going to inhibit his sleep. Even though it makes you <laughs> sleepy, he'll sleep much better if he cuts back on ale and it'll actually improve his performance uh, in his his strength training and in his fighting if he has less total alcohol over the course of the week. I highly doubt he's going to listen to me on that. So what I'm going to say is, can we just back it off a tiny bit? Maybe the day before you think you're going to have a fight, don't uh, drink yourself to sleep. Don't do the drinking. Yeah. Assuming though, at some point he will fight in a bar in t- just completely almost blackout drunk, but don't want to actually train him for that because that, <laughs> Well, everything about that, even being the Witcher, is just there'd be no recovery, no skill. Um, yeah. Again, I don't think Geralt would listen if we said, "Hey, try and uh, try and just lay off the drinking the day before you're expecting to have a fight." We'd still have to make the effort. Yes, I, f- I feel like it's our duty as a coach to talk to him about it, but I highly doubt that he's going to listen. <laughs> In which case, if he's going to continue drinking like that, we need to make sure that whenever he is drinking something other than alcohol, that he is staying well hydrated throughout the day uh, because he's just, of course, he's, oh, he's constantly sweating the entire show and he's burning a ton of calories since he's constantly moving that his, uh, his hydration yep. needs to be on point, but also his nutrition. But 
this is the age where you don't have a fridge. You can't just go and get something to eat. You don't have the convenience of, you know, protein shakes and supplements. So I'm guessing his style of eating is almost going to need to be as much as I hate to say it, almost like intermittent fasting. He's going to have to, when he does get the chance to eat, just eat a ton of food. I, I, I see it as the exact same situation because if he's out hiking in a quest, even if he's alone, the best, the highest quality meat, he's, the highest quality meat he's going to be able to get is if he's hunting. But I don't know if he's going to have the time to hunt. So if he were to be able to to take an animal, then it would be inherently, given everything in that part of the world, extremely lean, low fat or no fat meats. Yeah. But the other alternative is heavily salted meat rations, which is about the worst possible thing, but it's better than nothing. Yes. And it would also preclude him while he's actually out moving to eat any fresh vegetables short of what he can scrounge up. Yeah. And then, and then once he, you know, almost like carb loading, once he does get his hands on, you know, fruit and bread and things like that to, you know, go hard on that stuff to replenish all those glycogen stores so that he can have stored up. Uh, Also uh, I would advise him the character, if he's going to be that lean, we might actually need to get his body fat up a little bit. He might be too lean. Oh, to so do... you had already touched on that in the beginning of this episode that Henry Cavill trained drastically different from how Geralt of Rivia would actually train that Cavill had done multiple shirtless scenes where he had to get down to an extremely low body fat percentage. Yeah. So he was eating drastically, he was drastically under eating and not, and not drinking much water. But an actual fighter, uh, you need to be packing on some fat. Like, you're not walking around as lean as a professional athlete. Like, you need to have the fat because you need to have the stores. Also, it provides padding from impact injuries, and it gives you a little bit of wiggle room if you get cut or stabbed. Because the first, the fat layers, while it's an injury, it doesn't affect your performance in the moment. This is so great. This is such a <laughs> this is such a left turn from what we normally talk about. But no, I, th- I think you're totally right. So he's going to need to have that, and, and because even if he has one pound of body fat, that's going to be three thousand five hundred calories at his size. If he were conservative with how much he moved, and he was in a position where he couldn't eat, he could just not eat for two days, and one pound of body fat would be able to fuel him and his muscle mass for two days. I would advise him to quite simply eat every single piece of bread and every single fruit and vegetable that he has the money for and indulge a little bit for the cup before he like up until the two days before he has to leave in alcohol it's the witcher would need the calories because over a week of hiking 20 30 40 miles a day he would burn off yes that's true this and and every to everyone listening if you are a witcher and you're listening then you can go ahead and take this advice but if you are not a mythological monster hunter, please do not yeah. take our advice and gain weight for, for your quests. <laughs> we've, we've talked before uh, in different episodes of straight shot radio about, you know, finding the training style that works for you. And for, you know, what we would do as coaches for Garrett Rivia is find a program that we're going to design around his, his competing needs, but also his physical needs in his training, and then give him some consultation when it comes to his diet and his recovery. So John, I think, I think we've got a solid program put together for him. I don't think he's going to listen to a word we say, but we'll try. Well, I think a real quick, I think a quick takeaway to give him would be 
structure the training as a long endurance day with some fight skill. So long hiking in very, uh, like a heavier or more difficult circumstance than he would actually experience. So if this backpack is, this pack is going to be 40 pounds, hike for an entire afternoon with a 60 or an 80 pound pack. Um, another day, uh, body weight circuits, agility circuits, accuracy with um, throwing or dodging. And then a third day of, I would say, very heavy lifting, the equivalent of how a strongman or paddle trains now, but using the available objects that he would have in a town or a castle. So large rocks, barrels, large timbers, large trees. Dude, so I love it. it. A, we'd already had an episode come out a, a few weeks ago, Daily Undulating Periodization. I was just going to say, this sounds like a DUP program. It's actually what I would recommend for a capital athlete. Okay. And All right, that so you tied to any given day of the week, simply two days on, one day off, or three days on, one day off, two days on, one day off, and simply cycle through until he has to go kill a undead basilisk that was cursed by a fairy queen. <laughs> I'm making it up, but it's probably happened in the storyline. Probably, yeah. So, so having that indoor, having a longer endurance day, having the day that's more body weight, more mind muscle connection, or body awareness day, and then having that really heavy day, and that will kind of hit all of your bases, and uh, it'd be a well-rounded program for someone like that. Absolutely, brother. Sweet, awesome, dude. Well, thank you so much. This was fun. You are welcome. Thank you so much for listening today. We had a blast with this episode, and if you liked it, we'd love it if you shared it with your friends. If you would like to follow Coach John Taylor on Instagram, his handle is jtaylor8181. As you probably noticed in the episode, we really get into this coaching stuff. Obviously, we were playing around here with this episode, but when it comes to training our athletes at Straight Shot, we take our role as coaches extremely seriously. We design custom programs for people of all fitness levels that are tailored to their equipment access, their schedule, their goals, and their exercise history. We also provide ongoing accountability to make sure that our athletes continue to make progress with their workouts and feel awesome along the way. If you're ready to get going, I want you to head over to straightshottraining.com and click on Request a Coach to get started right away. If you would like to connect with us on social media, our handle is at Straight Shop Training. Thanks again for listening and have a great week, everybody.